0: told them about
1: my boyfriend and what she's trying
0: to say is i was like that dirty stain in your underwear that no matter how hard you scrub you just can't get rid of it (laughs) (laughs) i (laughs) wish that was me (laughs) look on Uh, your face uh, so now i'll jump in so melissa's like trying to avoid me like the plague and i'm like
2: welcome to the creating love together podcast we are your host
3: Tim and Jamie Holloway.
2: And we come at you twice a week, giving you the lowdown on...
3: Everything.
2: Everything. That sounded juicy. It did.
3: (laughs) So it's only taken us like 30 minutes today to get started. It has been like the longest process to start today. So we are super excited. We have some of our friends with us today. They are Garrett and Melissa Bake.
0: I'm waiting. Can you (laughs) see me? (laughs)
3: We can see you. (laughs) Anyways, we are so excited to have you guys today. Do you guys, have you done like relationship podcast interviews before? Um, I
1: would say not together. He does a lot of the talking, obviously, but...
0: Yeah. yeah, we've done it on our own show, which is quite interesting. We've actually never been asked a bunch of questions, so this should be good. Nice.
3: So we're not like super questiony e, if that's a <laughs> word. Um, we're just like super conversational. Make them up now.
2: Super conversationally
3: e. Yeah, the words I come up with. Yeah. So it's funny that Garrett does all the talking. I do all the talking on ours. So like, honey, can you like? Start talking Whatever. sometimes. Whatever. Or you kick them under the table. It's your turn. Right? It's like, come on. Like, I need help here.
2: She has a conspiracy to show all the ladies that she has me in submission.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, mm-hmm. I wanted to start off with just having you tell us about yourselves. Like... I mean, I know you, Garrett, but I, I don't know if I really know your guys' story. And I've, this is the first time I've ever even talked to Melissa. Hmm. So, hmm.
0: whose version do you want? <laughs> <laughs> mine, hers, or the truth?
3: Right? It's <laughs> somewhere in there.
1: <laughs> mine is always the truth.
0: <laughs>
3: That's how mine is, too. It's like I tell the truth, he tells his story.
0: Hmm. I'm a better storyteller.
1: Yeah, I am not one for details. I just get straight to the point and it drives him nuts.
3: Oh, that is so funny. I'm like all about all the extra um, information and stuff that you don't even care about. He's like, let's just get to the point. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we'd love to hear about your story, like where you've been and. Go ahead. Oh, see, he's kicking me under the table. (laughs) (laughs) He does that too.
1: Um, we actually started dating in high school. Oh, really? And yeah, I said I was never going to date another jock. And here comes Garrett. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wanted absolutely nothing to do with him. So we were in a government competition and we were in separate hours, but they combined us for this competition and on our way to state. It was this big bus and we stopped in some dinky little town and we were having breakfast and I'm sitting at a table with all my friends and all of a sudden from behind me, I get this whack and this guy knocked the fork out and my food out of my hand and oh my, my god! <laughs> this dork is what it was. <laughs> so I turn around and all my friends were like, go away. And I'm like, Yeah go away. So, it continues to escalate. He does it one more time. And then we get, you know, we get back on the bus. I didn't think anything of it. And all of a sudden, we're at the where they're announcing who's going to win. And we thought we totally lost. I can feel like everyone they went through third, second, and then we got to first place and we're like we lost. They didn't even call our names. And we totally won state. And I turn around and Someone had picked me up, was hugging me, and just like moving, you know, jumping up and down with me. And it was him again. And I couldn't get loose because at that point I was teeny tiny. And this guy was just huge compared to me anyway. So that's what started the whole thing. On our way home, he decided to sit next to me and trying to be even more suave. All of a sudden, he just (laughs) put his head on my lap.
0: So, told him about my boyfriend. And what she's trying to say is, I was like that dirty stain in your underwear that no matter how hard you scrub, you just can't get rid of it. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I was me. Look on Uh, your face. So now I'll jump in. So Melissa's like trying to avoid me like the plague, and I'm like,
3: okay, babe. So you and I love talking about relationships. Sex. And we
2: love having sex.
3: We love having sex. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like a topic that is near and dear to our hearts. Um, but not everybody is at that point in their life where they have a good relationship. Like that's us. right.
2: Like some people, like the intimacy and the sex is gone. Like gone once a month. Mm, I can't maybe even six imagine times that. A year. I don't know. Yeah so can people get the intimacy back
3: yes Holla. it's not easy <laughs> it's not easy but you can get it back yes how do they do that though babe
2: uh through intimacy fitness what is crazy about this program is that each partner grows individually yes and then they come together and then they begin to grow together
3: We preach that all the freaking time. You cannot have a good relationship until you are good as an individual. Yes. So that's what's so cool about Intimacy Fitness because it starts with the individual and then goes to the couple. Absolutely. Love it.
2: So where can they find this at?
3: clt.intimacyfitness.com. That
2: is clt.intimacyfitness.com
0: not I'm, I'm the complete opposite so I would leave class early to go to her class because I wanted to walk her to the next class and she would try and leave class early so that she wouldn't see me at her next class like we but he funny. knew my
1: entire schedule it was it was creepy
0: yeah. <laughs> I was like the crazy stalker and oh. I, as you can tell my skills when it came to the ladies were like 10 out of 10
1: mm-hmm. yeah I can tell Passed them on to our kids, too.
0: <laughs> well, enough. she stuck with me. Uh, I don't know how, because, again, I was not very smooth. Uh, and so when the kids now are, are seeking dating advice, uh, the first thing is don't act like your dad. Right. Nope. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, that's yeah. so funny. But, uh,
0: since then, we've been together. So coming up on 19 years this summer, married 23 together. So amazing. It's been a, it's a, been long a few time. minutes.
3: Okay. So I'm confused real quick. You've been together 19 years, but you've been married 23. No no, 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 other way around. Other way oh, around. okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not that great at math, but you that doesn't some, add up. You
2: got some explaining to do. <laughs> oh funny.
3: my goodness. Okay. So um, cut this part out because I totally <laughs> lost where I'm going.
0: Um,
3: real here right Yeah.
0: there's no cutting out you must continue
3: yet <laughs> usually it's like timothy cut that out or i'll like scream really loud so he has to cut it out yeah
2: goes woo.
3: yeah that you're like you better cut it out or i'm gonna get mad at you anyways so ha- have has your relationship always been like that where he's like creepy stalker <laughs> <laughs> or has he gotten any better
0: Michael Jackson thriller.
3: (laughs) Uh No, at
1: one point, like, well, it's because I always had this boyfriend and he didn't care. So after I, you know, the breakups and everything, and then I finally accepted him as a boyfriend, then it, you know, he became normal. (laughs) I would totally say (laughs) whatever his normal is, but no, he, he really is.
0: He's like not creepy. He's really not normal is what she's saying. Uh. No.
1: I just said that normal. when you're dancing around. Yeah. Other than that, he's totally normal.
2: So guys, we're going to get into, I got to pull my earpiece out for a second because major echo and I can't talk normal, but I wanted to get into, um, so that
3: means you can like talk crap about him if you want right now.
2: Yeah, you totally can. The, (laughs) the struggles in life, the struggles in marriage that, um, kind of the rock in the hard place where where the relationship is really tested and refined
0: well that's a very broad question timothy <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's good at that
0: so yeah i know i was like well you want me to fill in the blanks now um struggles in life well struggles uh, happen from the beginning right and so you think about uh trying to become a couple right what does that mean well she's coming from her background i'm coming from mine and, and we just kind of try and make it work um I liked her mother's food better than my mother. Shh, mom, if you're listening to this. Um, so I would literally go to her house as often as I could because her mom would like cook for me. It didn't matter if it was eight in the morning, two in the afternoon, 11 o'clock at night, she would cook for me. So it was awesome to go there. Um, but it was this mix of right of cultures and, and everything else that was going on. and so eventually we, we got married. And, and as you know, there's this big fat manual that they give you, right? Congratulations, you're married. Read this. This is the key to success. This will tell you how to get everything you want out of your relationship. Uh, unfortunately, they mailed ours and sent it to the wrong address or something. I don't know. We never got one. So, so we started down this path of trying to make, you know, marriage work, trying to make this relationship work. And
1: you just thought I was going to cook for you every night. That's what.
0: Yeah. So, so it's expectations versus reality. Right. And I came from a a household where, uh, you know, my mom for the most part stayed at home and she cooked and my dad worked all the time. You know, he worked two or three jobs sometimes, uh, to make ends meet, but that's pretty much the structure that we had. And although I never said, woman, it's your job to cook. Like that was the expectation that I had the unwritten expectation. Uh, Melissa has never been the, uh, a fan of martha stewart or anyone else who who runs the halls <laughs> of the kitchen um although she does make a mean pot of hot water for her tea it's really good um
1: <laughs> oh, then i'm definitely not cooking
0: tonight <laughs> just kidding she doesn't total side note she does have her go-to recipes like her mom's recipes she's got those down like if you want some good mexican food man she's got them on nice lock. but but we started right down this path of a relationship where i had these expectations the reality was different she had expectations the reality was different and so you kind of struggle along right and so you think oh well what are married couples supposed to do uh well i think we're supposed to go to church so let's go to church oh uh, i think we're supposed to have sex but i don't really like you right now but uh maybe we're supposed to and that's supposed to make everything better so let's go ahead and do that oh hey uh, uh we're supposed to go do these things and all the and and it just it was like trying to mesh these two worlds together and it wasn't working and so you know very early on, we, we didn't really have a, a chance to meld our relationship, right? M- meld our personalities uh, because within a few uh, months of us getting married,
1: ta-da, she got pregnant. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, it was a surprise.
0: Yeah, a big surprise. So you want to tell that story? How we found out?
1: So I was working full time um, at a school. And all the kids were, it was December and all the kids were getting sick. You know, they, they had the stomach flu and everyone was throwing up and they sent me home thinking I had the same thing. (laughs) No. So the nurse is like, you cannot come back until you get a note from the doctor. I'm like, all right, whatever. So we're off, we go to the doctor and they're like, well, are you pregnant? And we start laughing. No, because I was on birth control. Um, He comes back, he walks in and he's like, congratulations, you're pregnant. Turns around, walks out the door. Oh my God. And that was it. And then we just, (laughs) I think we just laughed out of pure nervousness.
0: Yeah. I was more like, ha! what in the hell are we going to do now? Uh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I was still going to school. She had graduated and was working and, and like, we still hadn't settled down. Right. So, so here we are young married couple within a few months. Now she's pregnant. I don't even have a steady job yet because I'm still going to school. So we're like, hey, let's do what, what we're supposed to do, right? What TV says and what your parents say and whatever. So in that process of before our son was born, we bought a house and we bought two new cars. Mind you, I still didn't have a really good job. And... Uh, and- no, wait,
1: here's the best part. He <laughs> buys my dream truck for himself.
2: Uh-huh. I'm like,
1: I. he traded my truck in to buy yeah my dream truck but it was for him oh and he buys God. me a piece of crap little
3: cavalier
0: <laughs> it was a, it was <laughs> her favorite color too it was red oh like, wow i don't
3: do anything were red. you asking to like sleep on the couch for the next year <laughs>
1: like
0: <laughs> i'm telling you i was like
1: it didn't even have power windows it was roll down i'm like what the hell is <laughs> oh my gosh i'm like so there goes my truck and he gets my dream truck yeah. and i get a piece of <laughs> It was brand new, but still,
0: which made perfect uh, sense in my mind, <laughs> but obviously, but you're a guy, so yeah. reality dinner, it didn't right?
2: right. I so learned that the uh, the hard way because well, you know when you give her the the cheaper car or the it's gonna break down, it's gonna cause you a lot of trouble. So the wife always gets the best car. <laughs> there
3: you go. Thankfully, that was not with us. He's learned. He yes, knows not to yes. do that.
0: <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, so so within our first year of marriage, I mean, imagine one year of getting married, trying to to meld these two personalities, these two uh, ways of doing business, if you will, add a kid to the mix, and a house, and a couple of new cars, and then it's like, all right, go for it, you know. And so we really started off behind the eight ball, just not knowing how to do it, and really not having the time or the space to figure it out. So again, she gets pregnant, has our first son. Um, I, within that time, had uh, decided to go to uh, the police academy, become a police officer. So I'm starting a new career. She's got her career and we've got a newborn, which leads to what? A complete separation. So after graduating the police academy, I was working nights and evenings. She was working during the day and our relationship was like, okay, high five, your turn. Like I would take care of our son during the day. She would take care of our son during the night and our relationship was whatever was in between the gaps. So a lot of couples run into this. They run into this uh, through their own way, right? One's going to school. The other one isn't. Both well, are going to school. Like we, we'd like this perfect timing, right? We would have liked three or four or five years to get to know each other, to do some traveling, to do these things that, that you know, allow you to build a relationship together. And we didn't really have that. So we're kind of forced into this this position again by our own doing, but forced into this position where we really have no idea what we're doing and it's just starting to get worse. And so the arguments get worse and the fights get worse, right? And the disconnect gets worse. Why? Because I have, again, this reality, this perfect reality of what she should be and she's not. And then she has a reality of what I should be and then it's not. And then we're just constantly bickering and fighting back and forth. And I have a very Uh, strong personality. I'm very stubborn. So I would try and like force the issue and force the issue and force the issue. And all that would do for her was just make her want to close off. Like,
1: yeah, I'm the flip you off and walk away person.
0: So on paper, right, it looks awesome. Here we are, this young married couple, the house and two cars. And we didn't have a dog, but you know, the, the dog in the front yard, all this, everything's supposed to be right, magical and perfect. And meanwhile, like this, huge rift is starting to form between us because neither of us is happy right Mm -hmm. and so we we chase this idea of happiness i through my ways and her through hers and they're not jiving and so we're starting to recognize that they're not working and so we start to push into forcing to try and make it work yeah
2: yeah (laughs) so melissa how was that experience for you as far as maybe coming to the conclusion that um that this might not work. Did you ever have those feelings and it was like this is almost over. I might be moving on or
1: that didn't happen until uh 2014. Okay. And that's because he literally said it. Um his sister was in town and she's and she literally like as if I'm not even in the room, she's talking to him and she's never happy. I'm like, yeah, I'm never happy when you're around. Very true. So she never sees me happy. Um, and he took it to heart. And within that week, everything like exploded. He's like, I'm not happy. You don't X, Y, Z. Well, it was more than that. It was like A to Z. He had a thing for everything. <laughs> and we got into a huge fight and he didn't come home.
0: So basically what had happened is, you know, we're we're talking
1: those fourteen years.
0: 14 years of, of marriage, right? And and of those fourteen years of marriage, we'd been doing everything that we were told to do, right? To work on a relationship, but none of that was working. Like there was no like love. It was just I'm the husband, you're the wife. Here's my role, here's your role. Our roles aren't driving. This is stupid. Why are we doing this? I hate you. No, I love you. No, I hate you. No, I love, you. No, I you. No, I love... and just this big jumbled mess of feelings and emotions because we couldn't figure it out.
1: It was just a routine. It wasn't living. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I would start and, and, and she jumped over this huge part is, especially with, with work. And you know, a lot of men fall into this is they they take their unhappiness and they go and try and find somebody to justify their unhappiness. Oh, my wife, she's a bitch. Yeah, man. So is mine. Oh really? Oh my, you're my friend. Oh dude. Can you believe my wife? Like, the toilet paper went down instead of up. Yeah, man, isn't that stupid how they do that? Yeah, I hate that. You know, and so you you start to find people that will justify the things that you think are wrong in somebody else, and they'll start to become your associations, and it starts to solidify at least in your mind these stories that you have. Like you're not the problem, she's the problem. See, I would get home late at night from from working. Of course, she'd already been working too, and she'd be passed out on the couch. There's dirty laundry on the floor. The kids are asleep on the floor, like dirty dishes. And, and I'd be like, what in the hell is this woman doing? Right? This is my first reaction to this. And the truth is, if I would have taken a second and realized, oh, she already worked all day. Oh, the kids are sick. Now she's getting sick. And I'm expecting her to do all of these, you know, quote unquote, tasks that a woman is supposed to do and not helping at all. And so I would stand back and judge and be like, well, it's your fault that we're unhappy. It's your fault that our house is always a mess. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. And then surround myself by people who said, yep, she's the problem. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, and I have, so I have this new kind of like slogan, whole project I'm doing, and it's called Just Do You. Um, And it's because I was asking Tim a question one day and he was like, babe, just do you. And it's really stuck. And when you look through your life, like how often do you have false expectations because of outside people? You know, just like you guys are talking about, you're like, I don't know how to do this. And so you're like, well, they say to do it this way or life should be this way or she needs to do it like this or he should do it this way. And it's all because you're not doing you. You're doing what everybody else thinks instead of what's best for you.
1: Yeah. And that's what will take a marriage down.
3: Exactly. Super quickly.
1: Yeah. You're listening to every voice except the one that you're supposed to be listening to yours and your husband's.
3: Exactly, and once you can realize that, like it's so powerful, because then it's like it doesn't matter what other people think. What's best for us? Yeah. So, I don't know.
2: I um, so pretty similar experience. Um, unfortunately, my relationship didn't make it. So you guys are are a, a shining example of that. But um, the same thing. We work separate shifts. We seen each other, you know, once a week. Um, there was infidelity going on, not on my part, but, um, so the way I coped with it was just not even to, to go there sexually, you know, um, pornography and handling that business myself, uh, then going into, you know, alcoholism and just kind of sedating. Um, Garrett, did you experience like some of that stuff going on where you just kind of just closing off
0: all of that stuff? So. The, the crazy part when it comes to, uh, like men and their unhappiness, again, I'm not a woman. I can't speak to that. My wife though, can, can tell you all about that. But men, again, will try and justify why things aren't working the way they are. And then once they get to a certain point that they don't want to deal with it anymore, what do they want to do? They want to detach. They want to separate. They want to find a way to deal with it. And that's usually through some form of sedation, right? So be it pornography, be it alcohol, be it uh, prescription drugs, illegal drugs, be it, you know, other women. And, and when you look at that, like that entire picture, it all stems around one thing. And that is, I'm going to sedate, i.e. I'm going to occupy my mind and my thoughts with something that has nothing to do with the problem at hand. Right. So as soon as you're done with, you know, whacking off, with cheating, with using drugs, with, with sobering up or whatever, you go back, you, you still have the same problem. Like right. nothing has changed. And it was the same thing that I would go through, right? And so for me, uh, yeah, you know, I I was addicted to pornography for a while. Yes, you know, I was abusing prescription drugs for a while, you know, and and similar to you, you know, I I cheated on my wife. Why? Because I was trying to find that happiness somewhere else. It wasn't coming from her. And instead of trying to deal with the problem, I would try and find the solution somewhere else, right? I would occupy my thoughts and none of it worked. Right. And that's where we got to the point where I told her, Hey, I'm done. I want a divorce. It's because none of the things that I was trying, i.e. avoiding the actual issue, me was working. And so I was like, okay, well, it's all your fault that none of this is working. And I'm doing all of these stupid shit things right right now. So Mm -hmm. I'm out, I'm done.
2: Right. So we want to go when things begin to shift. um, Because our listeners, I know, especially the men out there can, relate to this you know this heartfelt conversation of just reality of what's going on so but when did things start to shift and things begin to change for the better
0: well that's a very very long question (laughs) (laughs) um i can give my side but i i want melissa to to speak her side first
2: so melissa it's like the the glimmer of hope that this might work and things are just shifting a little bit
1: so it was all with a mindset switch is what had to happen um and always, you know when when people go through trials you you tend to lean more on the religious side Mm -hmm. and and I have always been really really religious uh but at that time I was extra connected and I had a conversation with a friend who had her marriage had failed completely failed and he had several the husband had several affairs and he just didn't want to switch anything and I, I finally asked her I'm like would you if he agreed to change everything and he was showing you know all the you know all the stuff that you would say would would you take him back and she said yes because you know why would I expect God to forgive me for all of this stuff if I still can't do this. So she presented the religious side to me and I couldn't deny that part like at all. (laughs) So it took me several months to wrap my head around it because being equally as stubborn, I'm like, screw you, you did all of this. Why should I still? But then on the, the back of my head, I'm like, no, but you know, the religious side of it. So once I had that complete mindset switch that it wasn't for the kids, it was, it was for me, it had to be for me that I could make this work, then things started to change. But at that point I had, um, signed up for classes, like for myself, personal enrichment classes. And it got to the point where I had worked some stuff out from my past. I had worked some, some of the stuff um, out in my head about him, about Garrett. And that was it. It was a, it was just a flat out decision. And I I remember making that decision because it was at the end of that one personal enrichment class. And that was that it was just a total choice. And even then it was still like another full year before I had total I don't even know what the right word. I didn't like, I wasn't freaked out anymore. Like, Oh, is he going to cheat on me today? Oh, where's he at? What is he going to like? It wasn't any of that. It took a long time. So that that whole process was about a year and a half before I can honestly say I decided to love him again. Nice. Cause it went from like to love.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's so good. So question for you on all this. Do you think that in that time that you were working on yourself, Do you think that that made a bigger difference in being able to move forward with him? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Like just going back with your saying in and the better I am as a person, the better everything else is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because if I am a total mess, everything my entire life is going to be a total mess. So the more that I concentrated on working on myself and building myself, everything else was better. The relationship with the kids was better. Um, My relationships outside the home were better. And then eventually um, I started to focus on our relationship. So yeah, it's this big circle. Once you work on yourself,
3: everything else gets better. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. We preach that all the time in our episodes. It's like, if you're not good with yourself, you can't be good with anyone else. Yep. So we're... Really firm believers in working on yourself, so then you can have good relationships outside of yourself.
0: Yeah. So,
2: Garrett, what's your story?
0: <laughs> well, it, it, again, I think men have this uniqueness called stubbornness mm-hmm. and uh, ego that it's literally a daily fight. Like the ego says you don't have to work. The ego says you don't have to invest in your wife and your kid. The ego says you don't have to go to the gym. The ego, the ego, the ego. And it's just constant battle. And that was my biggest problem was my ego, right? That it wasn't me. It never was me. It was always her. It was always her. And so after I told her, you know, I'm done, I'm out, um, I would bury myself in work. I was working 16, sometimes 20 hours a day just because that was easier than trying to deal with the fact that I still was unhappy. I still didn't have what I wanted in life, you know? And it came down to this point where I I had to ask myself a question. And the question was a very simple one, but the, the answer is a very complicated one, right? And the question is, what do I want? Like, what do I want out of my life? Is this what I want? Do I want to be the statistic? Do I want to be the divorced husband and father who's, you know, battling for kids on the weekends and holidays? Because we experienced some of that. And I remember, you know, 4th of July, she's got the kids. They're going to Knott's Berry Farm and doing all these other things. And I'm getting pissed off because we were supposed to meet and I'm supposed to take the kids to go do what I want to do with the kids, right? Because I'm still going to be the good dad. I'm doing this all for the kids. And, and it wasn't working. Like, none of it was working. And so I had to figure out, like, what was it that I wanted? and I knew what I wanted, right? I wanted a strong, passionate, intimate relationship. I wanted to wake up with her by my side. I wanted the kids to run around and want to play with me and hang out with me. Like I wanted the family life, but how much was I willing to invest to make that a reality? And it's very much like you guys have been saying, and like Melissa said, it's cool to want things, right? We all desire things in life, But how many of us are really willing to put forth the effort, the work necessary to get the results that we want? And so for most of my life, I've been chasing reasons, reasons why my marriage wasn't working, reasons why, you know, I'd rather, you know, go watch porn or drink or abuse prescription drugs, like why the reasons why I would rather do that than try and engage my wife in an honest conversation than to be, you know, vulnerable with her and things like that. And so it wasn't the results I was chasing. It was just the reasons. And when that shifted to the results, I knew what I wanted, then, then everything changed. Mm-hmm. Now, the crazy part is it wasn't an overnight process. And she talks a little bit about hers. And, and really, our journey is about a five-year process from yeah. the bottom of the pit when we're separated, like it's, it's done, to where we are today. It's fi- a five-year journey. And it probably took the first couple of years just to get back to where we were before, Where we were kind of trusting each other, we were kind of pushing each other, we wanted to go forward, but we didn't quite know how. And it's taken the last three years to start to put those final pieces in place to get to where we are today. And it all came from that constant question what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? You know, could I stay here at work uh, or can I go to my daughter's recital? you know can i can i go out with the boys and play golf or can i take my wife on a date you know it's like there's these constant like decisions that have to be made and once the decisions get made simply on what i wanted instead of what i thought i wanted everything changed
3: Hmm. yeah it's powerful (laughs) that is so good and you know what i've learned because i've been through a divorce as well and what i have learned from that is even once you make that decision to have the best relationship, to work on yourself, to be a great parent, you have to continue making that every single day.
0: Yes.
3: Because even though I made it today and I, I put the actions in, what's going to happen tomorrow? Am I going to decide to stop? Am I going to decide to continue? Mm. Um, like with Tim and I, our relationship has come very easy to us, but it is because of his previous relationship and mine. Because we know how bad things can be, that we have taken the time to work on ourselves, but we also know how we want it to be. Yeah. And so we make those conscious efforts every single day, whether it's holding hands, whether it's going for a walk, whether it's cooking dinner, having sex every day, like whatever it is, we make those decisions every single day.
0: Yeah. That's good. That's, and that's the key right there is, and, and I have this little slogan actually have it on here. You probably can't see it. Um, but it says "win the daily war, it, 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 it's a daily war and the battle happens in this six inches of real estate in our head. Like that's the worst battle you will ever fight. do not matter if you're a soldier or a police officer or a businessman or whatever, like the, the worst battles you'll ever fight are those six inches of real estate in between your, your ears. Because Every day you want to quit. Every day you want to give up. Every day you want to tell yourself, I've done enough. I don't need to do anything else. And if you don't, like you said, put forth that conscious effort to fight today for what you want, then it will start to disappear. Like there is no, Hey, we've arrived. There's never an arrived in a relationship. Like it's just constant growth and expansion. You know, if you're not growing, you're dying. Just like watering a tree right? The tree looks awesome. I love it. I water it every day. Oh, well, it's big enough. Now I'm going to stop watering it. Well, what's going to happen to the tree? Eventually yeah. it's going to die. So you have to keep watering it.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, that's really good. I like that.
2: So at the end of all of our episodes, we, we bring home a take home. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and start. And I wanted to talk to the men out there who are listening um, and just drive home this point of you know, if you're in that situation, you're in that space, you're, um, you're in the marriage that you want to escape from, you're using sedations, pornography, alcohol, drugs. Um, it's all coming down to you. You're not taking responsibility to create a life that you don't want to escape from. And so if you're in that position, this is my challenge for you today. And that's to take responsibility for your life. You, you are the creator. And that is your responsibility to create the the marriage and the family life and everything that you want. That's that's your responsibility. And so the the sedation and everything and that you're going through, um, you can overcome that with a new perspective of responsibility. So
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So my take home for today is is really it's not simple, but it is. It's just making that conscious effort every single day because it doesn't matter if you have an amazing relationship or a not so amazing relationship. You have to make that decision every single day.
2: Mm, that's good. Garrett, what's your take home?
0: Well, we'll start with Melissa.
2: Okay.
1: Why? Because you don't have one? I got <laughs> All
0: right, I'll go. Um, so there's actually two, uh, Tim, you kind of touched on it and then Jamie, uh, it's kind of a combination of the both. Jocko Willink, who was who a Navy SEAL, done a couple of tours in Iraq. You know, he's, yep. he's very well known in the business world of all places. He, he wrote a book called Extreme Ownership. And if you listen to the book, he really drives home the focus of, of teams, right? And how do you make successful teams? But it all comes back to the team leader, the boss, the, the, the CEO, whatever you want to call it. And this idea of extreme ownership, right? When things go right, you own it. When things go wrong, you own it. Like you always own everything that's going on. And and if you take that principle to your personal life, just like you were saying, Tim, it's like you have to own your current reality. You have to. Like if your marriage isn't working, you can blame everything and everyone under God's green earth, but it's not going to change anything. Nothing is going to change until you own it. And then Jamie, to your point, Like, it's about, again, winning that daily war. Like, what are you doing every single day to move closer to what it is that you want? Be it physically, be it spiritually, be it in your relationship, be it in your business, wherever it is. What are you doing to move closer to that goal every single day? So yeah, it's owning it. And I love what the the two of you said. It's owning it. And then it's the action that comes with owning it. Nice.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, and just a mesh off of everyone else, but it's... you're never going to get that amazing relationship overnight. It's doing the small little things. Like I literally had to tell myself, I like him today. I like him today. And then moving it and following it with like simple actions. Like eventually it got to the point where, yeah, I'm going to hold his hand today. It's not going to go from zero interaction to sex the next day. It's not going to happen. So it, it is the small things. I'm going to hold his hand. I'm going to give him a kiss today. It's, oh, now I'm going to start to love him. It's small little things because you're never going to get from don't touch me, don't come near me to, yeah wow, we're massively and totally in love. It's not going to happen without all the tiny little things. It's the courtship all over again. That's nice.
3: That's really good. And, you know, like with what you were just saying is, it might have to be intentional. Like when you... So for me, um, in my previous relationship, I could go three months without having sex. I didn't want to be touched. I didn't want to touch him. I didn't want to hold hands. I didn't want to be in the same room with him. Him being gone for months on end at work, I was all for it. And so when I came into the relationship with Tim, it was like, I don't want that. I want an amazing relationship. And so... Even though we had a great relationship in the beginning, I made sure I made daily intentional actions, Mm -hmm. whether it was holding his hand, touching his back when I walked behind him, just whatever little thing I could do every single day. And because I hadn't been that way previously, it was intentional. Like I had to make myself do it. And now it's habit. Yeah. You train yourself to create that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with having to be intentional in the beginning. So, yeah,
2: yeah. I don't want to breeze over the, the amazing fact that Melissa uh, started working on herself, uh, her connection with, with God and building up her, her, her spiritual life um, begin to make a change in her. So, you know, our listeners out there, um, Sometimes we forsake that area of our life. We're like, yeah, I'm going to pursue a good relationship, pursue a good business, but um, we neglect our connection with God. And so sometimes, well I'll say most of the time, that's where the power comes from. So that's definitely what I got from Melissa. Yeah,
3: that was super good. I love it. So, If you guys have received any sort of value from our episode today, we would really appreciate if you could just do a rate review and subscribe. Um, It just helps to get our message out to more people. And that's our ultimate goal is just to impact people's relationships.
2: Peace. (laughs) You
3: have waited too long for that. (laughs)